Welcome to the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast. The opinions and ideas expressed on this show are solely those of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com and its guests. This is the very best of professional wrestling, both independent and mainstream. You already know what it is once again for the ninth consecutive week. We're so happy to say this is the number one up-and-coming brand new professional wrestling podcast in the New York City and Tri-State area. Hopefully pretty soon all up and down the East Coast, all the way to the West Coast and all over the world. This is the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly.com podcast and I'm your host, Sean H. What up, though? So happy to be with you once again as we've had some major guests on this show and tonight is even better. No drop off whatsoever as tonight we have a reigning world champion that's going to talk to y'all tonight. But before we get into that, got to make sure y'all know once again for all your web development and web platform needs, there's only one place to go. You got to go talk to my friend Alex over at Hoskria.com. They are one of the leading web development and web platform companies in the world check their portfolio it's second to none make sure you check them out there's no other place to go but hoshkrea.com because we love tech like i said so happy to come to y'all once again for the latest edition of the hubbard wrestling podcast that's hashtag h W Weekly got that trending on Twitter right now. We're so excited about that. Make sure you check us out at hub underscore wrestling on Twitter. And we are so happy to bring you a major guest. Like I said, a reigning world champion. He's a good friend of mine. He and I used to work the nightclubs back in the day. You know what I'm saying? I used to promote the parties. He used to run security. We've been good friends for probably about 10 years now. And uh, right now he's doing his thing in a major way in the world of professional wrestling. I'm trying to conquer this business from the journalist standpoint. And he's conquering this business in the ring as he's already been on WWE SmackDown. He's doing big things. He's young. He's hungry. And he is your reigning and defending BWF and SWF heavyweight champion of the world. On his way to Summer Showdown, presented by SWF to defend his title against Jay George. He is my good friend, the one and only public enemy number one, TJ Marconi. Welcome to the show, my brother. Man, thank you, Sean. You already know, man. I'm so happy to have you here, and uh, we're going to get right into it. I know you're busy preparing for your title defense in just two days from right now. First question we got to ask, man. We The people need to know where it all got started. We know you're the reigning defending SWF heavyweight champion on your way to Summer Showdown this Saturday night. But where did it all get started for you? Where did TJ fall in love with the professional wrestling industry? Because I know you've been in the game for a while. You're young, but you're kind of like a young veteran. You're still young, but you've been in the game for a while. Like I said, been on SmackDown, been all over the world. When did it all start for you, bro? I mean, the day that I decided I wanted to be a wrestler... Two girls on my side, and you know, I want to be larger. That was the day that I decided to 
that's what's up, man. Yo, Diesel versus HBK at WrestleMania 11. That's an interesting choice. Like, Kevin Nash was on top of his game in 95. HBK was on his way to being on top of his game. How did you, uh, you know, I guess I guess the question is, with that being a match that you say stood out in your in your memory, um, you know, were you like an HBK fan of Kevin Nash specifically, or did, was that match just one that stood out? I, like, I mean, looking at back now, the match isn't like the greatest match of all time, uh, not in the least, but I was just a fan of wrestling, and I kind of went along with whatever, you know, they told you who the top guy was, so of course I was a Hulkamaniac. And then I would, you know, like, I wasn't really into Bret Hart for long. I kind of didn't trust the guy who could never look you in the eye and always walk back to even as a youngster. Mm. So I went right to, I went right to Shawn Michaels kind of after Hulk Hogan. But then the big dude shows up, and I was a big dude as a kid, and I was like, I want to be like him. The guy was super cool, and Kevin Nash, Diesel at the time, was just the epitome of cool. You know, and I, I, I just I just related to him so so much that I then he was on champion. And then he won the match, and he had the two hot blondes next to him, Jenny McCarthy and Pam Anderson. Like, what else can a six-year-old want, you know? So, that, I mean, uh, that was a six-year-old's dream right there. That's a fact, man. I think I was I was eight or nine at that point, too. So, believe me, the hormones are going on my end, too. Yo, McCarthy and but McCarthy and Pam Anderson were pretty dope back in the day. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was looking back now, you're like, you can't get any cooler than that. And then, like, sidebar, I was on a show with him. And I came up to Kevin Nash, and I was like, listen, here's the reason why I got into the business. And I explained to him why, and he goes, well, you got good taste. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, that was kind of cool, too, I have to say that. That's what's up. Kevin Nash is one of the greatest to ever do, and he's the one who's getting everybody this money now, man. He's the one who was like, yo, F a day-by-day -day contract. I need to get guarantees, man. That was Kevin Nash all day. I mean, that's what a lot of people are like, you know, I, I do love the business, but when you get into it, you got to realize it's a business, and... You know, lately I've been treating it more as a business than a love. You got to protect your brand. You got to protect your business. Well, there's no doubt about that. Listen, I I'm going to ask you some tough questions, man, because I think the people want to know. Um, you're you're a polarizing figure, and I say that in a good way. Like, you, you, you definitely have the charisma. You definitely have the swagger, and you definitely have the in-ring capabilities to be one of the best in the game. You already are, man. And on the independent scene, you're shining. You got two championship belts around your waist right now but i i say i'm gonna ask you a hard question and i'm leaning towards this how do you feel about the industry as it pertains to how you fit in like do you feel like the industry's kind of fugazi as far as people because i've heard promos from you before you're, you're like one of you're saying you're public enemy number one and i think what you mean by that you can correct me if i'm wrong is that you're one of the realest dudes in the game do you feel like realism and, and people being, you know, 100 in the game right now is kind of is kind of off the mark, and you're kind of trying to change that. 100. Um, I hate saying that that the, that the business is full of, of of phony characters and just you know phony human beings, but that's what it's about right now. This is like I, I'll break the fourth wall down. This is Troy talking to you right now. It's, right. I mean, it, it's straight up herbs and straight up people who've never been in a real fight or don't know how to act in front of people and only can be a keyboard warrior or just straight up soft human beings that infiltrated this business. And it's all the way to the top. Like you can even see it on the on the biggest company in the world, WWE, you know, there's the I call them social justice wrestling and I know people take that term to a certain extent thinking that I I lean a certain way politically or anything like that. But I just it's a it's an easy said term being a social justice wrestler, meaning like 
anything against the norm is frowned upon. When back in the day, you had people like King Kong Bundy. You had people like The Undertaker, Kamala. You had everyone doing different things. Nowadays, mm-hmm. if you don't do this certain uh, smart mark uh, sort of uh, wrestler, or you're not cool with all the kids in the back, if you don't like just want to run about for yourself, you get shunned and uh, ostracized. That's where I come up with that. And okay. I really do feel that way. Um, anything I do, kind of, you can see for yourself, if I put anything out there, I get people talking that are behind the guardrail, and I get people talking that are inside the guardrail. And I think that's a gift and a curse in this day and age. The thing for me is that you've never changed, man. Whether it's Troy, TJ Marconi, you know, the public enemy number one. You've never changed. You've always been real. So I think that's what comes across in your character. You know, I hate to use the word character, but, you know, we're talking, we're having real talk right now. Your your persona, you know, it comes across, man, because it's like 99% Troy. It's just turned up about 100 degrees, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, it's a societal issue. I mean, I was raised by, by uh, my grandmother's school mentality and a whole school So I was always told to be yourself and never be phony. And I feel like a lot of people now put on the phony act, even not in wrestling. And that's how born wrestling. And I feel me being real today is like, it's such a hard thing to get across now because people don't like realism in their face. But I'm not going to quit what I'm doing, man. I mean, that's what's up. Listen, let me ask you this. Let's let's stay on let's stay on that topic for a little bit and just switch it up a little bit when it comes to the perspective. Obviously, your in-ring character is what it is. You know what I'm saying? You're doing your thing. TJ Marconi is really shining right now. But when you're talking about realism and people being real in the business, is that part of the reason why you've had such a hand? Um, you know, your experience goes well beyond the ring as it pertains to professional wrestling. You're a very influential guy as it pertains to um, behind-the-scenes input. Do you feel like that's the reason why you kind of want to put your thumbprint on the business from that perspective to kind of keep the realism in it? Of course. I want, I want to be able to bring a different, a different wrestling brand to, to the fans. And uh, even since I got in, I mean, you know me from the club days. I mean, I think I just exude charisma naturally, right. and then people always want an opinion or value my opinion. And not to say that I know everything about wrestling, but I know about business. I mean, I ran, I ran nightclub doors. I ran parties, obviously, that you knew. And I knew how to promote a brand. And I want to, not only am I promoting myself, I feel like I can promote brands. I've helped so many companies that no one even knows about. And I don't like uh, going out and saying, like, oh, I helped this company, I helped that company. But obviously, you knew that I had a very big hand in NYC. Yeah. And NYC is taking you know, I mean, right now I'm not there, and it is what it is. I mean, I think I'm more of a, I can't be a beta male. So, I, I mean, I'm an alpha male persona, an alpha male person, so I got to do my own thing. I can't have uh, constant uh, bickering or fighting, so I mean, that's why I step back. But, I mean, I, I want to put my own stamp on wrestling. I want to bring realism back, and I know that we can do something different besides the cookie-cutter mold of wrestling we're getting nowadays. Well, I definitely want to go on the record right here on the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast. We and you and I have had conversations off the air, and you have always been so gracious to NYC Wrestling. You've never wished them anything but the best. So I want to, you know, say that on the air just so it's common knowledge, man. You've never, never had a negative word to say, and I know you wish them very well over there. As a matter of fact, to all the people out there, TJ Marconi is the one who introduced me to El Rey all day and got me in the door as far as reporting on their events. So... 
that should definitely be known. Yeah, I mean, you know, not, I mean, people already know what it is. I mean, NYC, I mean, obviously you saw what I said. They're going into a different direction. I'm not going down that direction, but I don't want them to fail. I want them to do well, and when they do well, wrestling does well. So. That's what's up, man. Listen, you got House of Glory coming up on August 17th, man, and that seems like a mega card. By the way, uh, breaking news, Hubbard Wrestling Weekly will be in the building for that event. So excited about that. I'm definitely going to be doing all the articles and podcasts and all about all that stuff about that show because it's going to be huge. Yo, TJ, tell them about that event. That's going to be massive, bro. I mean, House of Glory Wrestling has been a, been a focal point in uh, New York City for years now. I mean, every year they just get bigger and better. And during the SummerSlam weekend, they always put on a great show. I mean, it's kind of like their WrestleMania. And um, this year they got their headline by Enzo Amore and uh, Austin Aries coming back and, and Sammy Callahan, who's their lead champion. And every and I can tell anyone who goes to the House of Glory that I bring it every year. And I bring it every show that I'm there. You get a different TJ when you're there, too. I mean, I'm still public enemy number one, but it seems like Queens doesn't care what everyone else thinks. They still love me. They don't. They don't boo me out the building. I could probably kill someone in the ring and they'll love me for it. That's uh, what's up. <laughs> I, I love wrestling in Queens, man. I love wrestling in the floor. I, I never have a bad time there. And they show me nothing but love, the fans and the, and the backstage. Well, that's going to be massive, man. We're definitely looking forward to what you bring to the table, as always, man. Listen, you are the reigning BWF and FW, SWF heavyweight champion of the world. Like, you're a double champion. I mean, not too many people in the history of the business have, have been double champions. You're all around the country, all over the country defending your titles. I believe you have a record-setting, or at least close to it, record-setting reign as champion. Tell us what it's about to be on top of the mountain, man. I know you're still hungry, but come on, dude. You're killing them. I'm still hungry. I want to add more titles. I mean, um, I was more... Um, I wanted to legitimize those championships. Now, those companies, when I first got there, were smaller, and I feel like I helped those companies grow by being on top. Not only that, I took the title to the Dominican Republic and I made them a legit world championship by defending it across on different soil. Um, I mean, I've been BWF champion for almost a year. I've been SWF champion for, I think, damn near over a year, and it's my second reign there as well. And I defend my titles. I defend both my titles on every show. Like, when you wrestle TJ Marconi, you wrestle me for both championships. I put up both titles. Um, and I just want to keep improving the stature of those companies and the prestige of those titles. Um, July 21st, I don't know. When, I don't know when this is coming out, but July 21st, I'll be defending those titles again. Mm-hmm. I'll be defending those August 4th. Uh, I'll be defending those titles like twice a month. So I'm gonna keep my my titles as long as I want. <laughs> well, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the outcomes of those matches, man. I know that um, I actually had a recent interview with. Jay George, who I believe had a recent match with you for the title. Is that am I wrong about that? Coming up, coming up the twenty first. Coming up the twenty first, got you. And, and Jay George didn't go way back. I don't know if he came up, but uh Jay George when he was first starting training, I was just getting back into it after leaving the clubs. And, you know, the company that he was training for really wasn't giving him any shine and me training with him every week, I'm like, yo, this guy's gonna be great. You gotta get him on the spot and no one believed it until we had a match. And we killed it, and, you know, not to, like, pull back the curtain so much, but, like, you know, when you, when you wrestle someone, you have really good chemistry and a really good match, it feels good. And this is the first time we're going to wrestle in about 
three years, so I'm really looking forward to that. Well, I'm, I'm sure the fans are looking forward to it too, man. Before we let you go, man, we, we know you're uh, you're super busy. We want to talk to you about um, the industry, and, you know, we want to talk about give you some names. You know, uh, one thing we like to do on this show is do a little bit of word or phrase association, man, and... We're just going to throw a couple names at you, a couple of, I guess, wrestling terms at you, and you could just tell us off the top of your head, you know, what comes to mind, all right? No, well, by the way, before we get to that, have you interviewed Steve Mack yet? I have interviewed, I interviewed Steve Mack. Steve Mack interview is in the archives two weeks ago. Yes, sir. Steve Mack is one of my favorite dudes. I mean, I'm happy you got to get to talk to him. Uh, I talk to Steve Mack on the regular, and I just, I wanted to make sure that you already spoke to him, but I was like, yo, you need to speak. Mack and tell you some crazy ass stories. But continue to go to your stories. Go to your go to your words. Nah, nah, nah. So good. <laughs> like, no, no. To, to to piggyback off what you said, Steve Mack was super dope, man. He told me he told us some really dope stories. And for all the fans listening, make sure you go back to episode five of of the podcast. He he was a super dope guest. So um yeah, so here we go. Let's do a little word association, man. Um House of Glory. Super duper, super duper time. I know that's kind of corny, but it's always a super duper time. <laughs> that's what's up. Nothing wrong with that. Um, public enemy number one. Uh, Paulie Walnuts meets Tony Soprano meets Frank Sinatra meets Troy Magalhaes. Nice. The Nature Boy Ric Flair. Uh, one of the greatest. <laughs> CM Punk. Okay, fair enough. The Rock. I mean, he's that dude. He's that dude, man. Fucking uh, $30 million man in Hollywood. I mean, you can't beat that. SWF. It's my my home away from home. Nightclub promotion. (laughs) I don't miss it at all. Yo, I had to throw that in there. For people that don't know, man, me and TJ go back a long way. Me and Troy, I should say, go back a long way, man. I used to promote the spots. He used to run security for the spots. Yo, as a promoter, there's no doubt you get girls when you're a promoter, but I've never seen so many chicks like the security guard as much as they liked Troy back in the day, man. They was loving you, dog. Move my spot, my girlfriend Feel you, man. Listen, you're all you're all over the country doing your thing in the ring, man. There's no doubt. Tell everybody what what your secret is as it pertains to your promos, man. Your promos are like super dope, and you, like I said, the realness and and and, and the swagger that comes with it. Like, tell us what goes into, I guess, what I would say the one of the dopest promos in the game. I've, I've heard you talk about back in the day when you know you first got into the industry and how you would come across on camera on on the microphone. And I've actually had an interview with you in the past and. I mean, like I said, it's so authentic, man. I think it's something that people practice, but to you, it comes across so natural, man. How does that even work? I mean, recently, I got to thank Hashtag Dope a lot. I mean, there's a production crew that's been doing my stuff as a paintball and Coltrane. I mean, they, they've taken my vision and just added the cinematography to it that I've always wanted. 
Um, but my promos, I mean, when, even when I was teaching class, and I still teach class every once in a while, but I'm not, you know, I, uh, you know, break the wall down, break the fourth wall again. I'm pretty hurt right now, but I'm recovering. I'll be 100% by August, September. But uh, my, when I teach people how to do promos, it's just be you. You know, when you talk phony or you put on a wrestler voice or if you, put a, if you say something you don't mean, it's going to come across. Right. So I just speak. I just speak from my heart, and you know, if I if I trouble a word, I, I don't like stop myself and correct it. I just speak from my heart, and I turn it up to a thousand. I mean, and I also take a lot of influences from movies that I love, and, and comics that I read, and, and TV shows that I watch, because you know, the people that know what I like are kind of like movies and TV shows that I like. They see where I get my influences from, so I'll steal from there, and I'll make it into a you know into a, a promo. That's kind of what I've Well, I'm looking forward to that. Listen, one thing I think the fans definitely want to know, in addition to some other things, but more specifically, your time in WWE. You know, you're very humble. It's certainly not something that you beat people in the head with, but it's a fact. I mean, if you're not going to say it, I'll say it. Yo, my man TJ has been in WWE. He's been on SmackDown. He's really done his thing, and he's really he's going to be there again. I have no doubt he'll be there time and time again, and I think he's on his way to the top. But for the benefit of those who don't know what it's like to be in the biggest organization on the planet, WWE. Explain and tell the people about your experience uh, being in a SmackDown ring. Well, I mean, like I, as you said, I was trained differently. Like, it's called being, I did extra work, which a lot of the guys nowadays do extra work, but a lot of guys don't get the TV time or the, or the exposure that I got, which I'm, I'm still very grateful for. And as you said, like, I never promoted the fact that, like, oh, I've been seen on SmackDown, and I kind of, like, hated when it went viral that I was on SmackDown, but I mean, uh, I wrestled Tommy Dreamer in a match, and he basically came up to me and said, you know, how come you're not on TV yet? And I said, I don't know how to get in there. And literally two weeks later, he goes, be at the arena on Monday at 1 o'clock and be in a nice suit, which is what I did. And, you know, I did the extra work for that week, and uh, the SmackDown thing came up, which when you're backstage at SmackDown and you see the catering and matches on pay-per-view on Sunday or not, you're on your way back to the big time, and that's how I feel about it, man. Like I said, I'm not just saying that as a friend. I'm saying that as a reporter, and you know me. You've known me for many years. If you sucked, I will tell you you sucked, 
but you're you're one of the best, man. And I think you're I think you're destined destined to be back on a, in a much more prominent role. Uh, but the, the the cool part about you, man, the cool part about you, and I can't stress it enough. It's like you know, I believe that day is gonna come. You believe that day is gonna come. But in the meantime, and in between time, you're loving what you're doing right now, and that's why it's so cool. What's going on, you know? Yeah, I mean, like I, I love what I do, man. Like if I if it, if it gets taken away from me tomorrow, I, I have more regrets. And I think that's the best way to live. And you know, if I'm at a show with you know 20 people, if I'm at a show with 200 people, or if I'm on SmackDown in front of 10,000 people, there's people that are coming to see me do what I loved since I was a little kid. And I mean, that's gratifying, and that's the way. I mean, I I can't think of a better way to you know live my weekend. That's what's up. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt, man. Listen, um, we're not gonna let you go without uh without letting you tell the people where to find you. Um, please let people know your upcoming dates. Please let people know your social media contact. I'm uh, at TJ Marconi on most forms. That's TJ M A R C O N I on Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, Snapchat. I really don't use that much, but I'm trying. Gotcha. That's good times. Good times only on Snapchat. Uh, I got my website at tj-marconi.com. I'm gonna be at every FWF show coming forward, every BWF show, every house. Back, I used to wrestle like nine, ten times a month, but uh, coming up. I don't want to ruin the surprise, but my promo is gonna be still coming out. Check me out on that. Those will be on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and all that good stuff. The very cinematic, very uh, noir-esque coming up. Uh, so I'll be a little L.A. confidential much promos coming up soon. That's what's up, man. Listen, I want to go on record one more time, man. Yo, I've had this show. I've had this website really been popping off since about March of 2018. We're going into about our fifth month right now. It's so exciting, but I want to go on the record because we do have almost a thousand listeners, more than a thousand listeners now through iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. I thank each and every one of y'all. If it wasn't for TJ Marconi, if it wasn't for my boy Troy, you know what I'm saying? This whole thing would have never gotten off the ground. He's the one who got my foot in the door. I want to, on the air, say uh, what I've said to you behind the scenes, which is thank you, my brother. Thanks, man. Good people help with good people, man. That's what it's about. I know I'm playing bad guy, but I'm when you know me, when you when you really know me, you know that I'm a good dude. That's what's up, man. Well, you know I wish you nothing but the best on a professional and personal level. And uh, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing you down the road not too long from now. All right, bro? Man, thank you, Sean. You already know what it is, man. So for the record, that's my boy TJ Marconi. Yo, I'm your boy Sean H. And this is the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast. We're out of here. Peace. This has been a production of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com, home of the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly podcast. The very best in professional wrestling, both independent and mainstream. The ideas and content of this show are the exclusive property of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com. The opinions of its hosts and guests are theirs and theirs alone, as this show and website are not associated with any professional wrestling organization.